and this is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. We're so happy this morning to have Alma Randolph Crump. Alma has a new name since she was here the last time. Alma, uh, today, in fact, is her and Bruce's tw first anniversary together, and we're glad to have them in worship today. Alma, come and lead us this morning. Will you do that? Alma and I have known each other for 30 years, uh, all the way back to Hopkinsville a few years ago, and um, it's hard to say 30 years ago have gone by really fast. But and, and he wore boots this morning to try to compete with me in the heels. I, I don't think he did. <laughs> I did. But I always love coming to Forks of Elkhorn. It's like coming home. I was telling my husband, I said, I think I've been going up there every year for the 16 years or so that Bill has been here. So thanks for having me back. And pray for me as I sing uh, that, that there's a home for us. A land of promise. No heartache 
Thank you, Alma, for leading us this morning, and she'll come back and lead us. And she's also going to be here this evening for uh, the dinner, after the dinner, uh, many concerts. So I hope you'll come and be part of that. I'm not going to be with you this evening. I have a little business to attend to in Georgia. I haven't seen Linda in about two months. So I'm headed down, and uh, we've got some business to attend to early in the morning. And I apologize for not being able to be with you uh, tonight. But uh, I know you understand. And uh, so, but we're glad you're here this morning. Thank you for being here for worship. We welcome all of you. And if you're a visitor, we welcome you especially. And we remind you that as you go out today on the end of the Welcome Center, there is a gift for you. It's in a bag and then there's some information inside that may answer some questions for you. And you may have other questions and we'll be happy to answer those questions if we can. If we don't have an answer, we'll find one for you. But thank you so much for being here today. And we pray that you feel God's presence, all of you in this room, all of you who have joined us by live stream, we welcome you. And we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him today. If you would, just take a minute to say hello to those around you, and then we'll join in singing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. <laughs>
join as we continue worship together. Come thou fountain of every blessing. 
Amen. I hope and pray that you'll understand how faithful God is. God has never failed me, and God has never failed you, and God is faithful. The prayer is for us to be faithful to him because we know he's always faithful and his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. And one of the ways we can have strength uh, for today and hope for tomorrow is by prayer. We know that God has the power to give us strength for whatever we're going through and to give us hope for a brighter tomorrow. So I invite you, if you're in this place, if you're watching online, you can pray wherever you may be. But I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? God, we do come with grateful hearts, thankful hearts, blessed hearts. But God, we also come with broken hearts, burdened hearts, busy hearts. And Lord, we pray that you would meet us where we are in our joy and our thanksgiving and our brokenness and in our pain. <clears throat> Father, we Lift up all these folks gathered at the altar, those praying from their seats, people praying from home or out of town or on vacation, wherever they may be. We know you hear our prayer. Father, today we lift up so many who are on our hearts that are on our prayer list. Father, we pray a continued special prayer for Judy and Joe Clark and their daughter Lisa as she recovers from this fall. Father, we continue to pray for Kenny Blackwell that you would bring healing to him, not only after his stroke, but after a fall this morning. Comfort them and bless them. Father, we lift up Martha Kay and Buddy McDaniel, their family and the loss of their brother-in-law, Andy, and I ask that you would comfort Joan and their family and their loss. Father, we pray for people battling addiction here today that I know many times holidays are a challenging time and, and many times that's when Satan tempts us. Oh God, I pray that you would bring deliverance from these addictions that Satan would have no glory or victory. Father, we pray that folks that are experiencing the first Thanksgiving without a loved one, they would feel comfort and peace. For those battling depression, lift that fog. God, restore their health. Lord, I pray for people that so many right now are battling some form of sickness or illness. God, would you touch them with your healing, holy touch? Because we know you are the great healer and the great physician. And all things are possible for those who believe. We believe in your power. 
Bless them, I pray. Heal them if it be your will. Father, we pray for continued blessings upon this country and to be with our leaders, <clears throat> to be with military maybe that are away from their families this holiday season. Keep them safe and bless them. <clears throat> bless families traveling this weekend and this week. Keep them safe, God, and may they enjoy their time with family. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to, to move in this church and that you would bring great revival and spiritual awakening, that it would start in each of our hearts. Lord, forgive me, forgive us of anything that's not holy, anything that's not pure, anything, God, that's not pleasing or glorifying to you. Remove it. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move through this service. Father, that you would sing through Alma again in just a moment. We're grateful for her and we celebrate her anniversary with she and Bruce and ask your blessings, continue blessings upon them. Father, just bless the choir as they come to sing and our instrumentalists as they play and use them, God, to speak to us. And God, I pray you would speak through your word and through your servant. And when I am weak, I pray that I would be strong in and through you. And Lord, we pray that people would come to Jesus today. People would come back home to you. And new family members would come into this family of faith. We'll be sure to give you all the glory and the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, begin with verse, first, the choir is going to sing. You all were supposed to tell me that the choir. <laughs> and then I'm going to come back and read scripture, and then Alma's going to come. <laughs> Go ahead.
this again. When I've been reading the scripture, uh, after prayer for over 24 years, it's a little hard to change it up. And so I was trying to read scripture before time, and you clapped before the song was over. <laughs> so we make a good pair today. I am so grateful to be here, and again, we're grateful for the beautiful message and song from the choir and Alma that's being here to sing for us once again. And we'll read, begin with verse 2 of Colossians chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy, holy, oh, I clapped 
loved ones up there. Oh, they knew me well. Oh, they took me up and down the streets of heaven. All of the saints are too many to tell. Timothy, this is all wonderful, but I just got to see Jesus, because he is the one, he is the one who hung on that cross for me, oh, then I fell down on my knees, I Amen. What a powerful, I mean, that's the message right there. How am I to preach after that? 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Alma, so much for allowing God to sing in and through you in his spirit. Praise the Lord. What a blessing it is to be able to give praise and glory and honor to the only one who's worthy to be praised. We cry out holy and glory to the Lamb of God. Thank you for coming today. What a great day it is. And I know some maybe got an early start on their vacation with school being out this week, but thank you for coming today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor, a little holiday humor, a little turkey humor to get you ready to hear some things certainly more important. But did you uh, hear about what the mother turkey said to her disobedient children? Said, if your father could see you now, he would turn over in his gravy. <laughs> to hear what the turkey said to the computer, Google, Google, Google. <laughs> and did you hear why the turkey was arrested? Suspected of foul play. <laughs> you want me to go on? <laughs> no. Are you full? Are you stuffed with my jokes? You know, I was thinking I shared this morning at the early service, it just seems like yesterday that I was a single pastor living across the street at the parsonage and uh, having church in the chapel, and we would have these delicious potlucks. And being a single guy, my repertoire of cooking was limited. I would go, and there used to be a Winn-Dixie over, and you all remember where Winn-Dixie was, I'd buy some uh, biscuits with some beef and gravy, a can of beef and gravy, and I would eat the whole can of biscuits with that gravy and, and beef poured on it. That was single man's delicious dinner. And then I could scramble eggs and do some bacon or put something in the microwave, but when we would have potlucks, it became expected of me, I would bring my cottage cheese casserole. Now, if any of y'all remember what that was, it was cottage cheese with tomatoes cut around the top. And so, sweet ladies like Iona League and Maxine Herod, who've gone on to be with the Lord, got the biggest kick out of that, that they put my recipe in the church cookbook. <laughs> Step one, go to Kroger and buy cottage cheese and tomatoes. Step two, Pour cottage cheese into bowls. Step three, cut tomatoes. Put them around the top of the cottage cheese. Step four, serve and enjoy. It was actually in the church cookbook, cottage cheese casserole. So if you've been wondering what to take to Thanksgiving this, this week, there you go, cottage cheese casserole. But probably all of you here have some family recipes that have been passed down from generation to generation might be your uh, broccoli casserole. It might be how you cook your turkey. It might be a special casserole. Some people came up to me after the early service and said that my Aunt Betty had made a casserole that my grandmother used to make, Mama's casserole, which was hamburger and noodles and peas. And it was, anyway, it was good stuff. And so you might think of some recipes that have been passed down from generation to generation and then there are some recipes that are not so good. 
What I mean by that, there's going to be some of you all that are going to be seeing some family or some difficult people this week that it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> there's tension, there's stress when you get together with sometimes difficult people. In our scripture today, we see Paul writing the church there, the Colossian church that was dealing with some difficult people. There were some false teachers that were infiltrating the church trying to teach something called a Colossian heresy. And there were many uh, phases of this teaching, many elements, but just to touch on a couple, number one, they were teaching that Jesus was not enough. They were saying that Jesus was not adequate to bring salvation. They thought salvation came from obtaining a, a special or secret knowledge, that it came from mere human wisdom. They, they also were, were saying that, that Jesus, they questioned his deity. And so Paul was trying to refute that teaching by saying, first of all, Jesus is enough. Jesus is adequate. That Jesus is all supreme and all sufficient, and he certainly can bring salvation to you and me. Would you agree with me that Jesus is enough today? Jesus is adequate. And some of you all, I know, are probably dealing with some difficult people right now. And it might be a coworker that you're dealing with. It might be a neighbor that you're dealing with. It might be a, a schoolmate, a classmate. It might be a teammate. Or certainly it might be a family member that you're dreading seeing this week because you've had your battles or, as we like to say, those intense moments of fellowship. So, I believe in this passage of Scripture today that may be familiar to some, Paul gives a recipe to help us to know how to deal with those difficult people in our lives or those difficult situations. And the first step in this recipe is to pray, is to pray. In our verse 2 of Colossians 4, Paul said, devote yourselves to prayer. Other translations might say to earnestly seek or to continue in or to persevere in prayer. Prayer is so important. As a matter of fact, we're to be in a constant state of prayer, the awareness of the presence of God in our lives. That's what Paul was talking about in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray continually or to pray without ceasing. There's been a verse that has been descriptive of this church that I've used, we've used so many times through the years. It was also the foundational verse for the Devoted Women's Conference. Acts 2.42 says, Devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The early church understood the recipe for growth in the Lord and seeing people come to Christ. They devoted themselves to what the apostles were teaching, 
which was Jesus had suffered, he had died, and he resurrected from the dead. But they also loved being together, fellowshipping together. They loved breaking bread, yes, literally around the table, but also taking communion, remembering what Christ had done. And prayer was so important. And it's important for us. Paul wrote in Romans 12, 12, that we are to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So how can prayer help you deal with some of the difficult people? Let's look at what Jesus said in that great Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He said, but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Did you hear that? Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. How hard is it to pray for those people who have hurt you, wronged you, uh, intentionally or unintentionally? How hard is it to pray for those people? It's so important that we would pray for those people that you know have caused you problem, caused you difficulty, to pray for them on a regular basis. Jesus modeled that when he was beaten and flogged and had his flesh ripped and a crown of thorns placed on his brow and a spear thrust into his side, and yet he cried out from the cross in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. It's our job to pray for those people, even when they know exactly what they are doing. We are to pray for them. I love what the great late evangelist Billy Graham once said. He said, whether prayer changes our situation or not, one thing can be certain, prayer will change us. Did you hear that? Whether prayer will change our situation or not, one thing can be certain, prayer will change us. The more we pray, the more we will grow in our relationship with Christ and be transformed. And some of y'all are here, and, and again, you, you don't know how to pray or what to say or how you're going to do it. And, and I don't know if you've ever been asked to say, you know, to the prayer at the family meal or, or when all the family are getting, how awkward it can be. Well, years ago there was a movie, and I'm not recommending you watch it, it was Meet the Parents, and that Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro, and uh, there was a, a tense relationship between Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro, and they asked him to say grace. Do you all remember this? Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. Yeah. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Right, unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God. 
to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen oh greg that was lovely thank you greg that was interesting too <laughs> right you know i was torn between uh, that and the the blessing on christmas vacation <laughs> when they all did the pledge of allegiance <laughs> together but when we pray, we are to talk to God like we're talking to our best friend. We just talk to him. He already knows our hearts. We pour out our hearts to him however the Holy Spirit leads us. And when we don't have the words to say, the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf with groanings that words cannot express. So my challenge to you today is to pray, but then the second step in this recipe is to be prepared, to be prepared. I like to call it being prepared, to be prepared. Prayer should not be the last resort. Prayer should be the first line of defense. And we know that we are to be watchful. It says, devote yourselves to prayer being Watchful. Being watchful for what? Well, several things. Number one, we are to be watchful for Satan's attacks. Some people are, are going to try to bait you or me and try to get you to lose your temper or to say something you shouldn't or to push your button. Many times the people that know us, the people that love us and we love them, know how to push our buttons, don't they? They know how to get under our skin. But I want to share with you what Peter described Jesus when he was getting ready to go to the cross in 1 Peter 2.23. It said, when they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So we know the Lord will do battle for us. We don't have to be the one to retaliate or to snap back. A verse that I share many times with you through the years, I've shared it many times. 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Jesus said to those disciples when he went in to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we are to watch for the devil and pray. But then we are also to watch for the Lord's return. We might very well 
be in our lifetime that Jesus returns. No one knows the day or the hour, but Jesus reminded his disciples in Mark chapter 13, verses 36 and 37, he said that he might come back uh, suddenly, and when he does, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. We are to watch by getting our houses in order, getting our lives cleaned up through the power of the Holy Spirit that we would be transformed, changed to be more like Christ. We are to watch for his return. But we also are to watch for opportunities to share the, the goodness and love of Christ. Paul went on to say in these verses, after verse 2, 3 through 6, he said, And pray that a door may be opened, so we might proclaim the message for which I am in chains. He was in prison when he was writing this. Not in that mammertime dungeon that he wrote Second Timothy, but in his own rented house, shackled like a criminal. He said, pray that a door might be opened, that I might proclaim it as I should. And then he went on to say uh, that our conversation would always be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that we might know how to answer everyone. He was saying, watch your words. Look for opportunities. I said it at the early service. You've heard me say it over and over some people that always have an edge or a chip on their shoulder, they've been hurt, and hurt people hurt people. Many times you got to see the person who's saying it and understand there's something deeper going on inside, and we must pray for them, and we must be prepared to share with them. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, to preach the word, be prepared in and out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage with, with great patience and careful instruction. And that's how we are to look at maybe there's a family member or a difficult person that you need to share the love of Christ with this Thanksgiving. That'd be the greatest blessing you could give to them is by sharing with them the love of Jesus Christ. But, you know, I try to prepare when I speak on Wednesday night and Sunday. I start praying on Sunday evening and on Monday morning. I start praying for Wednesday and Sunday when we gather. And I always pray, Lord, prepare my heart and prepare the hearts of the people. Prepare my heart and prepare the hearts of the people that they might be receptive to hear the message of Christ and his love. That's why we pray over this sanctuary and these chairs and these instruments and this pulpit and these Sunday school classrooms and the foyer and the parking lot and the roadways. I know I can't do anything that will change you or to save you, but the power of the Holy Spirit can. And we are to be prepared. And I shared at the early service, you know, sometimes you might have been into a service and say, you know what, I, I didn't get anything out of that. And sometimes people say that about this or that. Many times we get out of something what we put into it. 
And if our hearts are where they need to be, God can speak to you and God can speak to me. Last Sunday after the service, I was so touched that some of our fine folks were leaving. And they came up to me and said, Todd, I wanted to thank you. And I said, for what? And said, you were talking directly to me today. And I said, I am so humbled and grateful, but it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If you've ever felt like I'm talking directly to you, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I pray that today, if the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, you will not tune him out or you will not turn him off, but you would open your heart and your life to the leadership of his Spirit. I pray that we would all be prepared, prepared for what God can do in and through us. But then lastly, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being thankful or being watchful and thankful. The last part of this recipe, the last step is praise, is to praise. Did you know that someone said that gratitude and thankfulness is the key that unlocks the power of prayer. For when we praise, we're taking focus off of ourselves and we're placing it upon the only one who is worthy to be praised, upon him. And we are to praise him and give him all the glory. The last part of 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 1, or chapter 5, verses 16, 17, 18 the two verses that sandwich to pray continually are to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then a couple of verses that I've asked you to memorize in past times out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? We don't have to be anxious or worry about anything, but in everything, we pray, make our petition, give thanks, and he will give us a peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to close out today by sharing, I could go on all day giving praise to God for everything he's given me and done for me. First praise, I want to thank God for you all. I want to thank God for this church. I praise God that last Sunday I issued a challenge calling for volunteers to sign up to work in our children's wing, to volunteer in the Cross Center, to volunteer greeting, and I, I don't want you all to think that's all the service opportunities there is, or there are. We have a need for people to pray in our prayer room. I, I'd like to see young people, more of our students singing in the choir. I started singing the adult choir when I was in seventh grade, and I would love to see young people singing in the choir or, or singing on our worship teams, we would love to get you plugged in in some way of serving. But I want to thank God that we had 
like 19 or 20 to sign up to work in the children's wing. I had about uh, 14 or 15 to sign up to work at the Cross Center and about 10 or 12 or 14 to sign up to, to greet and usher. So I want to thank you. I praise God for you who signed up. And in case you prayed about it this past week and you've been thinking about it, the lists are still out there. And you are welcome to sign up. If you say, you know, I prayed about it over the week. Well, the lists were gone. Well, we put out fresh new lists. So if you feel led to sign up, we'd love for you to sign up. I praise God for your sacrificial giving and your faithfulness and bringing in toys and stuffed animals and all kinds of great toys for kids who otherwise wouldn't have Christmas. We packed the shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child last week. If you were here, that fellowship hall was like Santa's workshop. We had children and youth and middle-aged people and seasoned adults. We had, it was a great mix, a great representation of the whole church. And because of your generosity, we were able to pack 1,132 shoeboxes to give to children who otherwise wouldn't celebrate Christmas. It was a team effort, and I have to tell you, one of the highlights, I was on my way after filling one box and put in, I want to just applaud uh, Sandra Perry and her team, and, and I hate to leave out, but it was uh, Tracy Morford and Patsy Briscoe and, and, uh, and Marlon Godby, and, and I was trying to think who all I'd seen down there, Julie Jackson. Some of these ladies have so prepared these boxes, it's like a well-old machine. When we were stuffing these boxes, well, Sandra Perry's grandson, which is the son of uh, Natalie and Brandon Bruner, little John, six years old, I was on my way after putting one box down and I was walking over to get another box. I felt a little tug on my side. It was little six-year-old John, the son of, of Brandon, Natalie Bruner, and Sandra's grandson. I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? He was tired. You know what? I said, what? Six-year-old. He said, this is the best time ever. A six-year-old had already learned the value that it's better to give than receive. And he had already been taught what it means to serve others instead of thinking of It touched me. That little boy didn't have to come up and say that to me, but he said, this is the best time ever. I said, yes, it is, John. But I praise God for so many times. I could go on and on. I shared at the early service, Alma and Bruce, that this is your one-year anniversary. Well, it was on this day, 23 years ago, that I got down, not on my knees, but I, I laid flat on my face at the altar of the little church across the street, and I asked Kelly to be my wife. I proposed to her the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and praise the Lord, she said yes. Again, I wasn't on a knee. I, was, I, I had the ring under the first pew over at the little church. And, and I would ask her to pray with me for Sunday services. And she was going to be going, out of, going to Texas on a basketball trip. 
said, before you go, would you come pray with me about next Sunday's services? And really, I was just praying she was going to say yes to me. And I praise God for a godly wife who I couldn't do what I do without her. And for three beautiful Christian children that my children know Christ, I praise the Lord for them. And I praise God for our Christian family, your parents and my parents, my, my dad who's gone on to be with the Lord, my three Christian brothers. I praise him every day that you all allow me to pastor this church and serve him in this capacity. I could go on and on praising him, but most of all, we should praise God that he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We should thank God for his mercy and his grace and for his salvation. And that should change us from the inside out. Do you know him today? Because if you do, you will be transformed to be more like Christ. Are you praying today? Are you preparing for what's ahead. I'm not just talking about a, a dish that you're preparing, but I'm talking about your heart being in the right place. And that we would praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him, uh, Father and Son and Holy Ghost. Praise God. May we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or youth or children or anyone here that's never accepted Christ, I can't think of a better time this, this Sunday before Thanksgiving that we would give our hearts and lives to Jesus. Lord, it would be my humble privilege to pray with someone and they could begin their eternal journey with you. Father, I pray for Christians maybe that have been on the sideline. Maybe they've had their feelings hurt or been upset about something. God, we know that the devil can use those times to wreak havoc in our lives, and we will never fully receive the blessings you have for us until we get our hearts right with you. And I pray, God, that there are folks that need to rededicate their life to you, that this would be the day. Or, Lord, maybe some folks have been looking for a church family. This is a wonderful church. I'm humbled and honored for Kelly and I to serve here. And, Lord, I pray that you would just Bring new family members in today that are wanting to be a part, God, of the great work you have begun here. But Lord, we are all sinners saved by your amazing grace. And may we prepare our hearts for this Thanksgiving season by getting things right with you. And we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're going to stand if you're in this place, and we're going to sing a, a hymn of invitation. And however the Holy Spirit is leading you, it'd be my privilege to pray with you.
about your decision. And if you're watching, please contact me or our church office, and it would be our pleasure, our joy, to pray with you about your commitment. Won't you come as we sing? for being here today. I'm so grateful that my friend, my brother in Christ, Wendy Choir came forward today rededicating his life to Jesus Christ. He said he accepted Christ and was baptized at nine years old. But he said he had fallen off the track many times, but he wants to renew his commitment to Christ. Wendy, we love you and will continue to pray for you and we rejoice with you and your commitment. Please know if there are others of you that would like to, to speak to me or one of our staff, it would be our privilege to pray with you about your decision. Thank you, church, for being here. I want to remind you, as Bill already did, at 5 o'clock, if you have signed up to come to be a part of our holiday meal, it's going to be delicious food. I think the whole...
turkey dressing, ham, and potato. I mean, it's going to be delicious. And then Alma is going to come back up here and lead us in some more beautiful music. You don't want to miss. And I know some of you are saying, there's a ball game tonight. There's a ball game tonight. Well, you can record it. You can DVR it. You may or may not want to see it. That'll be at 730. But we hope you will join us here for a great time. Please know there will be no uh, Wednesday night service. Enjoy this time with your family. But from our home to yours, we wish you a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. And I mean it when I say that I love you, we love you, but God loves you even more. So God bless you as, Bill, you lead us in a closing song. pray, God, to, to you be all the glory, and now may we go from this place and do great things for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.